Guys, welcome, Hello. welcome, welcome. I, I'm, I never get tired of this our opening music. <laughs> it, it's cooler. And it is not Christmas, but that's just a clip from the movie we're doing. Yeah, I was, I was a little thrown off, but it's a really cool part of that move of the movie. Too, our, so. our critic even does it a couple of times. Does he really? Yeah. Uh, so did, I'll play that. Later. I know you played part of the part movie. of it. I didn't want to because I had never seen the movie, so I didn't want to listen to his. Oh, I listened okay. to it when okay, I you put it on here. To um, it since then, yeah. So yeah, when I listen, whenever minutes. we do hear it, it'll be. It'll be, it'll be fresh for yeah. me because I didn't hear it all either. So uh, that'll be fun. How you been? Uh, man, whew, I've been hitting the sauce a little hard this week. Yeah, got to take a break. I I do. I say that all the time, but I, I really mean it. Uh, I met a girl. That's cool. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. <laughs> we'll with that. She's real nice. Uh, I'll leave her nameless for the moment. Just yeah, I don't want to. fresh. Yeah, exactly. I don't want <clears throat> to be jumping it. the gun on that stuff, right? Certainly not. Um. Did you watch anything recently? What did I watch? I was trying to think. I was thinking about that just before we started. I think I may not have. Uh, I haven't been watching shit. I've been watching The Mentalist really, again. Like just yeah, the marathon I think I'm still binging the The Simpsons and something else. I did. I did watch something, but I can't recall what it is right at the moment. I'm still. I'm still hungover. Hey, <laughs> uh. Uh, our movie today is Johnny Got His Gun. From 1971, yes. it was originally a novel written by uh, Dalton Trumbo. Uh, right, which, uh, correct. Dalton, I know Fish will probably give some information on Trumbo in a little while. Yeah. Uh, Trumbo, I'll just let you talk about that in a minute. Okay. Uh, the movie is 111 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually watched this on YouTube. Um, it was just, it was there. Yeah, the whole, it was a whole fresh, like, perfect copy. Yeah, so I'm like, uh, on YouTube. if so. it's there, I'll, I'll watch it. I mean, because yeah. I'm not downloading it or anything like that. Do I sound just a little under, or am I just, is, is it, it the way I'm holding myself in front of the mic? Might be. Just pull up your mic a little bit. One, two, one, two. And just raise it up. I don't want to, okay. Is that, that better? better? I don't yeah. know. I just feel, I just, I just feel a little silent in my headphones. Oh, that's fine. All right. Uh, yeah, 111 <laughs> minutes long, 7.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Roger Ebert gave it a 4 out of 4. He mm-hmm. liked this movie a lot. 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's out of 21 um, reviews, I guess. The right. budget was about $500,000. I couldn't really see anything on how much it made. Couldn't right. find that. Some movies that came out in 71. Good year for film. Uh, Clockwork Orange came out. Ooh. The first Dirty Harry was released. Okay. Uh, French Connection. Okay. Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, Willy wow. Wonka. You know, in the chocolate that was 71? Factory. 71. Right on. A lot of great movies that came out that yeah, year. Yeah, for sure. So we just jump in. I mean, this, it, the, the, the well, weird, I was gonna, yeah, oh, I was gonna set this one up. Yeah, yeah. I think there's oh, yeah. a lot to unpack uh, from this, particularly because it's a depressive movie. It's real bleak. Uh, it's, it's a thinker. It certainly is. It's, it's a bit of a slow burn. I think that the uh, audiences have definitely evolved from this point in '71 to how movies are now, because movies used to take their time. You know, and, and setting tone and mood, like especially like someone like Hitchcock was really good at setting the mood 
or the tone of a film and 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 things movies like this could breathe they could take time to to uh to get to a point rather than just you know uh getting right to it because movies nowadays like people have a very short attention span yeah so like a lot of times things are just spoon fed to the audience the exposition is just bam 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 and then you know movie moves on from there you know it doesn't really give you a whole lot of time to let something like you know stretch its legs and breathe uh so this is a bit of a slow burn and if you're not really uh into watching like older movies because you might think they're boring this may or may not be for you but if you're a fan of of cinema in general then there's there's a lot to discover with this and also the story of dalton trumbo is uh interesting as well um so as josh pointed out at the top uh Johnny got a gu- Johnny got his gun is an anti-war novel written in 1938 by the American novelist and later blacklisted screenwriter Dalton Trumbo. Uh, it was published in September of that year, and the novel actually won one of uh, the early National Book Awards, uh, the most original book in 1939. And in '71, the film adaptation was written for the screen and directed by Trumbo himself. So that's that's kind of cool too. He's not just a writer, but he's a filmmaker. Uh Let's see. James Dalton Trumbo was born on uh, December 9, uh, two, or, I'm sorry, 2000, 1905, uh, and he died in September 10th of uh, 1976. Uh, some of the other award-winning films he scripted uh, include like Roman Holiday, Exodus, Spartacus, and 30 Seconds Over Tokyo. And well, Roman Holiday, he wrote, you, but he yeah. gave it to a friend because he was blacklisted. That's right. So, yeah. And Roman Holiday won like a best Oscar that year when it came out. Right. And his name wasn't attached to it because he's blacklisted. So right, he gave yeah. it to another writer friend. He's like, just did here, he, give this away. Did he ever get that recognition L- for later it posthumously? On. Later like, on, yeah. later? Okay. Because wasn't there like some kind of pushback from the family of the man who officially won it. Yeah. Well, they were good friends and stuff like that. And then they're finally like, after the blacklist was up, they kind of were like, you need to recognize Trumbo and all the works that he did. So the, the Academy, I guess, finally <clears throat> did. Yeah. And, and what all this means being blacklisted is cause he was one of the uh, Hollywood 10. Um, and he refused, uh, excuse me. He refused to testify before the house on American activities committee. McCarthy trials. <laughs> Yeah, in 1947, during the committee's investigation of communist influences in the motion picture industry. Have you have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? <laughs> That's right. Uh, he, along with the other members of the Hollywood Ten and hundreds of other industry professionals, were subsequently blacklisted by that industry. Um, later, uh, <coughs> I think they some many of them got some kind of like redemption or or later uh, vindicated. Um, you know, after their deaths, uh, instead of being, you know, uh, besmirched <laughs> by that legacy for the rest of their lives. Um, and so this movie is a anti-war uh, movie. And like, as we said, it's very it's very bleak. There's another great thing about this is uh, the, yeah. the Metallica. Well, yeah, this is definitely what led me to the movie. Yeah. And I was reading something about it because uh, like Metallica, they the song won, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I was just reading about this, that Metallica bought the rights to the film. That's right. In order to keep showing the music video. Yeah. Because they were like, well, we'll just buy the rights of the movie just so right. we have it. That's pretty cool. And, and <laughs> as, as such a big Metallica fan that I am, um, I had never actually seen this movie. Like, watching it the other day kind of gave me some feels. Mm-hmm. Because I've always loved the song. The song always, you know, uh, 
got a little more emotionally charged for me when you watch the music video because of the clips from the movie are in there and it kind of you know gives you a little bit and I knew what the song is about too because it gives you more of that uh, story uh, with a visual component and then, like it hits you right in the heart. I gotta tell you there were a couple times watching this movie that I had to like hold back a few like especially when he's like losing his mind and freaking out and, he, and he's just stuck in his head. And he's, you know, screaming, and you can hear his internal dialogue, but nobody else in the room can hear it because it's all in his head. And he's just like, ah, mom, mother, wake me up, and shit like that. I'm just like, yo, fuck him. Just getting you. Yeah. yeah, it got oh, me right in the feels, bro. We, we got uh, Joe Bonham um, is a young American soldier. He's hit by an artillery shell during World War One. He lies right. in a hospital bed. He's a, quadru- a quadruple amputee who has lost his eyes, ears, mouth, and nose. He remains conscious and able to able to reason, but his wounds render him a prisoner of his own body Yo. as he drifts in between reality and fantasy. And I've uh, always thought, yeah, yeah. So I mean, we can kind of talk about it as we go through. There, yeah, yeah. There, there's really not much of a I don't want to say a plot, but there's not. I mean, yeah, it sort of re- revolves around just his him coming in and out of yeah. reconciling like he's his trapped own in life. his own brain pretty much. Yeah, essentially, uh, it's 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 filmed in black and white. The, mm-hmm. the majority of the movie, but there's color, and I'll kind of touch mm-hmm. on that in a minute. The opening credits, they kind of just pop up, and there's a bunch of uh, historical... Um, like footage, right? F- yeah, war footage, war Doesn't clips. It show, like, the Austro-Hungarian sort of... It shows a bunch of different stuff. It's like... Franz Ferdinand. Uh, I was listening... You ever listen to Hardcore History with Dan Carlin? Uh, no, I don't think so. He's one. It's, like, one of the best podcasts out there that isn't, uh, like, some long-form interview. Anyway, he, he, I was listening to... One of his episodes, one of his first episodes about like more or less how the first world war started. And uh, so watching the beginning of this movie immediately made me think of all that because of uh, the events that led to the war uh, he talked about in depth. And it's really interesting if you're any of our listeners want to go check it out. <laughs> you want to dive into it? Yeah. Um, it starts off, you see like a war ambulance. They're kind of talking about this person being mm-hmm. um, a, a brain dead. Right, and there's kind of a narrator talking about the medical, like his cerebrum has been detached. So they they think he's brain dead. They're yeah, they think like, he's decerebrated. Yeah, decerebrated. whatever the word was he used. Yeah. Um, and uh, during this, you could I wrote down Johnny, but his name is Joe. Yeah, I, I was just about to ask, like, uh, I kept type, I kept writing down Johnny, and then you find out the name's Joe. I, is is the Johnny got his gun? <laughs> just a like uh, I think it's just like, like a, a John Doe. Yeah, like, I think that's what it is. Yeah, like old, you know, all of our Johnnies soldier, are going our to war Johnny, today. Yeah, yeah so. little Johnny joined the war, and here he is. Now he gets his gun or think, whatever. Well, because they don't even know who it is. Remember? Oh, true. The yeah. whole movie. So uh, they never identified him. No, because it. I'll, 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 at the very okay. end, they're like, you know, ask him his name, and he never responds. Remember? Oh, okay, all right. So uh, I was just so because like, he's pulled into yeah, like parts. Of he's the... missing his arms, his legs, his face is pretty much blown apart. You don't, yeah, see, you, you never, never see, see him. No. Uh, his face is covered with like a a mask, which that mask, like the way it was, thing, it kind of looked like how they would put um, what's that stuff? The like anesthesia, the the. Oh, uh, like a chloroform, like a chloroform. Yeah, oh, like, okay. a, like they look like it might be like a drip for chloroform, oh, so you pass out or something. I suppose. But, yeah, but they never did it. I uh, always thought, again, like I, I always knew the clips my whole life, being uh, knowing the Metallica video, and then and then seeing how the movie plays out. Uh, I always thought that what was on his head was a nurse's hat. Kind of looks like turned that. Yeah, in just such a way, him. yeah, because for lack of a better tool to it looks like a pillbox hat kind of thing and i always i want really wondered more because they did they did uh you get more out of the movie like descriptive like because he starts thinking feeling himself 
and talking. I have I have a couple of clips of that. Okay, well, we'll, we'll get come to it. To it. Um, we get a we kind of just get this flashback of Joe, um, mm-hmm. and he's talking to a, a girl. Yeah, um, which is his girlfriend. What was her name? Uh, Kareen. Kareen, and. Uh, it, she's, he's like making out with her on the, the yeah. chair. This was a really awkward scene. It was really awkward. It was really long, this scene. Yeah. So it's like making out with this girl. Uh, the dad walks yeah. in and is like, Stop it. Get up. <laughs> Don't do this in here. And yeah. then, you know, she's like, Well, he's joining the war. He's like, I know that. Both of you go in the bedroom. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Go fuck like, my daughter. Go, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this Treat is like a lady. This is what I meant by when movies would like open up and breathe and have legs because. Like you said, it's long and awkward, and there's not a lot of like talking. There's just a lot of really awkward, yeah, uh, implied like virginity losing. That's what, or yeah, that's what it's supposed know. to be. Is like them doing it for the first time, yeah. and she gets like undressed, mm-hmm. and then gets a robe. She walks out to get like these flowers, puts them down. Yeah, she goes and gets flowers, like, and then she the flowers. She gets naked, hops into bed, and then yeah. he gets naked, hops into bed, and yeah. they just kind of lay like apart from each other, and then he just puts his knee on her. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Baby, baby, you like my knee on we'll your put leg? My knee on you. Got to make some kind of contact, and then it just kind of fades out. Like it's I like undressing this, under the uh, sheet. Yeah, I liked this scene or, or the the sort of this that sort of shot that he had set up where it was almost like you're in between them. Because it's focused on her in the bed. Uh, she's sort of framed by the darkness. Was, was with that the scene light. in black and white? I don't think so. I have to rewatch it. Because if guess it I was in black and white, it would be it would change a little bit of what I was thinking. Look, but. I know that the beginning started in color because he hadn't gone off to, or, or is everything a flashback? Does the whole, I feel like everything's a flashback in his brain. Like okay. he's just remembering everything. In so the, the movie started with him getting blown up, right? Yeah. And it, then it, boom, it, it jumps it back. It began to, with the ambulance and then bringing him out of the okay. ambulance and like the covered sheet. So this, like this scene definitely wasn't in black and white. Though. Yeah. But it was a dark, it was a really it was a dark, dark room. That was, that was probably, yeah. Me. And what I was, what I was, but yeah. Cause the flowers were colored. I remember that. Okay. What I was getting at was, uh, once once she like shuts off all the light there's some like exterior like light coming in from out of the window yeah it's really bright it's real bright so it sh- it comes in and, and it frames him in the light where you just see his silhouette and then her in the bed is is you can see her inside the light with the darkness around her mm. and so i don't know if there was some kind of intentional like uh, I think you know, there's a lot of reading between the light. There's a lot of yeah. I'm trying to think of the word. My brain's a little fried today. I am too. Yeah, I'm a little fried today. Um, but anyway, I liked it. It was great. It was great shots. The, the next, <laughs> the next scene, they're kind of doing like the the obligatory goodbye, going to war, going train, to train scene. station, yeah. uh, and then it kind of does like a split screen when it shows uh, the the girlfriend. The camera goes like you know, like yeah. it kind of just fades over, and then there's a split screen of, of both him, of their faces, of, right? No, of him getting blown up. Oh. And, she, and her just kind of stoic oh. standing there. And that was like the last thing. It was the one thing that he remembers the most was, you know, he's going to go home and marry this girl, I assume. Um, it goes back to uh, Joe. He's uh, talking in his head the entire time. Uh-huh. And uh, one of the big things is like, oh, well, it, there's he'll be moving around. The muscle spasms is what they're calling yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they constantly give him shots. He has another flashback um, where he gets the call that his dad had died. Um, oh, yeah. His dad... Uh, I forgot his name, but he's been in a crap ton of stuff. The minute I got his name face. right here. His name is Jason Robards. Yeah, Jason Robards. He's been in a bunch of stuff. You know what? You said that when we were watching, and I and he, I he's been in the Man with the Iron Mask. I think he was in How oh, the snap. West was one. Once Upon a Time in the West. Once Upon a Time in the West. That was wow. it. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff because I recognize his voice instantly. Wow, he died in two thousand. Um, back at the hospital. Uh, uh, what is it? Okay, yeah. So this is a. Uh, 
at one point they're taking stitches out of his arms because he's a quadruple amputee. Right. And I have the clip. He's of, like, oh, where's my arm? My arm is yeah, gone. Here this is. is when he like discovers. Yeah, where he realizes that like something's not right. Holy here, here crow. No, it's more like a, a, a little stab of heat. Wait a minute. I know. It's just like when I ran into the barbed wire fence and cut my eyebrow. They sew you up and then it heals. And then they take the stitches out. Only, only this is different. I, I can feel what they're doing to my arm, but I can't feel the end of my arm at all. The nearest thing to the end of my arm is the heel of my hand. But the heel of my hand, the end of my arm, it's too high. It's high as my Good. shoulder. You've cut off the my arm. Are unopposed. My arm. Remove the oh rest. Oh, my God, why did you do then a thing like that? I need that arm. You know, okay, so I just kind of realized a little bit more about this actor. The, the guy playing Joe yeah. is Timothy uh, Bottoms. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm reading this right now. I just looked it up right now while you had that going. I was like, what else has he been in? Uh, he was best known for this as well as playing uh, Sonny Crawford in The Last Picture Show where he uh, was with Sybil Shepard and Jeff Bridges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, he was in The Paper Chase and he played... George W. Bush multiple times on the sitcom That's My Bush. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was looking at the wrong one. He, so he was in Man with the Iron Mask also. Oh, he, he, he uh, was. Timothy Bottoms yeah, was? Yeah, not the other guy. Yeah, him. And he was in a uh, Crocodile Hunter movie. And uh, <laughs> I'm just just like. Yeah, I was scrolling through it earlier. Wow. I, I forgot that that was him in That's My Bush. What the fuck? <laughs> Roller coaster. Wow. Um, we have another flashback of, <clears throat> the, of uh, him playing cards. Now, the, the really cool thing is that. that and I'll, actually, I'll mention that later. Um, okay. So he's playing cards, and Donald Sutherland is yeah. in this, and uh, he is playing cards, and Donald Sutherland is Christ. He's yeah. Jesus, and he's, he's Jesus in his in his. Um, yeah. I was gonna get that clip. Like I got a dreams. different clip of uh, him playing Jesus, but they're playing cards, and he's like, you know, he's <laughs> with a bunch of dead people, pretty much. And he's, yeah. And he's like, other like, ne- soldiers in his. Yeah, I'll never, or... I'll never see my son again. And he's like, oh, you'll see him when he's fifty. You know, like, oh, yeah, he's yeah, like, you know, he's like, I know when he's going to join you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and they kind of point at uh, all the dead people look at Joe and Christ is like, oh, no, he's not coming with us. He's not ready yet. Right. And then we have this great scene of them getting on the train and Donald Sutherland is the conductor of yeah. the train and he's holding his arm out and he's, yeah, he's like, yeah, like Jesus, Jesus is taking the wheel. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> He's got like train. a. Is he wearing like a scarf or is it just his robe? It's like his robe, like the like flowing. the shroud of Turin type of thing. I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess, yeah. Uh, then uh, there's another random scene where uh, the dad talks about his fishing pole. It's, yeah. Um, it's Joe's little kid, and yeah. his dad is talking about this fishing pole, uh-huh. and it's. See, just... this is another dynamic that I I didn't expect out of this movie because watching again my my only impression I had on this film before seeing it. Uh, was the Metallica video. And I always thought that there was a, something more of a bond between the father and son because in the video they make it seem like, you know... Like there is, but the, yeah, there's not like, really much of a like, bond what is democracy? What is democracy? Like in the music video, and he's like, it's got something to do with young men killing each other. And he's like, when I'm old enough, you want me to go? And he's like, for democracy. Yeah. Any man would give his only begotten child. But like in the... In that's the, what you get out of the... Yeah, and in the movie, music the video. kid's like, I'll never do that. Yeah. yeah. And then he, and then he like runs off and he says, each man faces death alone and all that other stuff. But like, he's sort of a dick to his son in a way. I think maybe that was like... 
the 1900s way of like toughening up your children and not coddling them. I'm not sure. But yeah, it was it was um, important like to distinguish between like his reality and his yeah, and uh, the dad the dad loves his fishing pole because it's like yeah. really expensive. He's like the mayor doesn't even have a fishing yeah, pole this like is this. What distinguishes me, yeah, than being just a normal person type of thing. Yeah. Um, after that scene, um, he has kind of another dream. He's talking to Jesus again. Yeah. And Jesus is in his wood shop. He's making like these giant crosses. And the the thing is, is uh, he's Joe's kind of having like a nightmare yeah. in this. Well, aren't his dreams all like drug induced? Is that why they get all real colorful? Yeah, they get all wild? colorful, and they, some of them don't make any sense. It's because yeah. well, he's shaking his head, and they keep sedating his ass. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, he's like, no, don't put me under again. <laughs> they're, they're, they're pulling, like, this metal rod out of his head or something, out of his face. Yeah, I don't and know what that was either. Like, I don't know what it was. It might have been, like, to hold some tissue in place, but he thinks that there's a rat yeah. on him, oh, and, like, yeah, trying yeah. to chew on his head. And this is kind of just a little scene of him talking to uh, Jesus in his uh, carpentry shop. Maybe the rat's real and the nurse here is a dream. Oh, Jesus Christ, how can I ever be able to tell the difference? The thing to do is yell. Sometimes, even now, I have this old dream that somebody wants to kill me, and my mother and father are running away with me to Egypt. I hear the sound of soldiers riding at night, and the screams, and I yell. And the yell wakes me up. And then I know that it's a dream. So, what you have to do is yell. But you see, I can't yell. I can't even whisper. Well, whispering wouldn't help anyhow. Another way is just to tell yourself, wait a minute here. This is a nightmare. And I have to wake up in order to stop it. Then just force your eyes open, and the dream will be gone. Oh, I can't open my eyes. I haven't got any. Well, that complicates things. Maybe the thing to do is police your mind before you go to sleep. Say to yourself, I'm going to sleep now, and I'm not going to have any nightmares. Could be done, you know. Just practice. Hmm. So it's, it's kind of a fun little scene. Um, in, 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 in an otherwise <laughs> unfun movie. Yeah, in an unfun movie. And he, he kind of, uh, he, he's starting to learn that He's trapped in his brain. Right. So he's got to start training his brain. He starts counting days. Uh, yeah. He starts remembering because they move him out in the was, light. There's kind of like a smash cut there where, where the movie actually like moves real fast. Yeah, because they move him into the sunlight. The and he's like, time. I can feel the sunlight. Yeah. Now it's day. Now I can count. Now in my brain, I'll create yeah. a, a calendar in my brain, blah, 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 blah. And Do you think like some of his nerve endings are, are just completely discombobulated? Because it seems like the feeling... Was slowly coming back to his body after being blown the fuck up. Well, his body has to heal itself. Yeah. At one point, he has uh, kind of stopped taking notes. Ended up that, like uh, counting that there were it was like a year or two. Or more? yeah, I think it was like a year or two. Um, in, in one scene, because uh, he can he can't hear anything, but he can kind of hear vibrations of people walking in. Yeah, he can always sounds. tell when uh, you when, know there's somebody else in the room. When he realizes that, yeah, he doesn't have any legs, he can't. You know, everything's gone. He has this uh, kind of a, a dream, and this is the only. We have a little uh, cameo. That? That's what I'm looking for. Cameo oh, oh, of, yeah, a, yeah. of Dalton Trumbo. In oh, that's this. right. Yeah, and, one uh, of his uh, one dreams. This is one of the the messed up dreams when he gets sedated, and this is kind of uh, kind of Trumbo's uh, synopsis of of war kind okay. of thing. And uh, here it is. My dear students, war 
has various meanings to various persons. To the scientist, war means that he is actually set free to accomplish his most brilliant and most imaginative enterprises. For example, in previous wars, each injury has resulted in a very serious loss to the taxpayers, the loss of a most expensively trained soldier, or fighting unit as we call them now. However, in the next war, we shall be able to repair and deliver that same fighting unit to the frontline trenches in three weeks or even less. And all because of the radical new techniques which this young man has taught us. I'm having a nightmare that says I'm real. Wake me up, mother, and tell me I'm not real. Yeah. It's messed up, right? It's <laughs> not a feel-good movie. It's, no, it's yeah. not. It, it definitely it starts out pretty slow, but towards the end, you kind of start going, "Oh shit!" Was was it Dalton's stance uh, on this anti-war thing? Sort of what sent the House Un-American Committee after him? Was it was he too probably liberal? And they yeah, were like this fucking communist or something. Well, I mean, they they went after oh, they went after so many little different. They went after so many people. I mean, but yeah, yeah the, he was part of the t- the ten. I mean, the, right, big, yeah. the big ten of, of the directors and stuff. Uh, I'm reading here that uh, um, Trumbo was really upset that uh, bitterly disappointed rather that Walter Matthau actually turned down the part for Joe's father. No, oh, really? Yeah, I guess that he was always a, sort of a comedic actor, wasn't he? Yeah, Matthau. Matthau yeah, was. Yeah, he, he would do. I mean, he did Twelve Angry Men and stuff like that. But he was mostly comedic. Yeah. There's a great um, Mike uh, Michael Parkinson um, interview with Walter Matthau from like the seventies. It was really good. Oh, really? I think it's smart as hell. And I guess also, um, according to this as well, that uh, at early stage, Dalton Trumbo considered Steve Martin for the role of Joe Bonham. Because Martin was dating Trump's Trumbo's daughter at the time. Oh, really? Yeah, that, that would been. I think that, that would sound different just hearing yeah. Steve Martin's voice. Yeah, you know? and I can't that's imagine that. him in that kind of role. Like maybe in '71, before he was Steve Martin. Well, well, he was. Was he already like doing stuff? Th- then? I don't know. Yeah, no, he. Really. No, I mean he was '71. He was probably still doing stand up, <coughs> or probably working at the magic shop at Disney. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so what he, what, what happens next? Uh, he, after, I kind of stopped taking notes, so I'm going okay. through my head on that. Um, after that, you know, he, uh, there is a <clears throat> scene where um, a new nurse comes in. Yes, and and, that, uh, uh, and this is uh, this is kind of interesting. The, the nurse kind of is kind of I said like Florence Nightingaleing him a little bit. Yeah, because she's kind of like she, yeah. I think it's more pity than anything. Yeah, like, she she recognizes how could do that, something like this. You yeah, know? it's poor unfortunate soul. Um, and she kind of feels bad for him and. Uh, Kind of gives him a little, uh, little handy. <laughs> yeah, she gives him a sheets. tugger. Like, <laughs> I, I, I didn't expect it I didn't at either. all. I kind of called it. I was like, "Is she about to? Yeah, is she, she about, about to like? Is she about to do that? Because she started like just kind of gingerly, like unbuttoning his opening shirt, his shirt yeah. and like you know giving Touching him the sensation of like you know of human touch, touch yeah. you know just to you know give him that uh, that sort of comfort that you get out of you know bonding with another human being. And I guess she took pity on the fact that he. May never know the comfort of a woman. Yeah, and, <laughs> and like, fucking reach down. And after she's done, he and... he goes into a flashback of him like jumping out of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's. It was like one of the unintentionally funny moments, and uh, I think it's somewhere in one of the posts that uh, Voipronto was talking about. 
He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's got some stuff job. on that. Yeah, he talks about it on the so, critic thing. This actress is Diane Varsi. Okay. Um, she also has passed away since then, unfortunately, and back in 92. Uh, she was best known for her performances in Peyton Place, which was her film debut, for which she was nominated for an Academy Award, and in the uh, cult film Wild in the Streets. Uh, she later left Hollywood in order to pursue uh, personal artistic games, notably at uh, Bennington College in Vermont. Hmm. Mama, mama, mama. Uh, after the handy and he comes out of the water, <laughs> uh, it's another it's another flashback of him kind of. Yeah, he's probably in you know he's, he's older now and he's on a fishing trip with his buddy and his dad. He borrows his dad's yeah uh, fishing, fishing pole, pole, loses it. It's a real awkward scene. He like tells his dad. Yeah, he waits to like, like go to sleep. sleep. He tells camping. his dad. You can kind yeah. of see that his dad was a little upset, but then kind of rolls over and like spoons. He, like his spoon hugs son. him and. It's you know it's all in his mind. It's yeah. this thing like you know my my father loves me and then it yeah it, yeah yeah it, I I, I got to remember that every time because yeah, literally it's all the in his whole mind. This is movie the, that it, it takes place in his in his, in mind, his brain in a way. Yeah. And and the one thing I was gonna say is that is that it's when he's not in his dream state, everything is in black and white. His dream yeah. state is now in color. Yeah. So it's that it's kind of that reversal that his life <laughs> is now in his head. So it's in color because normally yeah. we don't dream in color. Usually is what people say. Um. It's just interesting that it's black and white and that's color. So yeah, it could be the real world is black the, and white because it's cold, hard, and efficient. Exactly. And you know, and to him, it's just is the dream world. He can't is, see it anyway. Right. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's senseless to him. Yeah. Like I, li- I like that kind of play with the with the color, as opposed to like you know, like what they, what they did with Wizard of Oz, where the real world was in black and white. Oh no, it is the other way. It's the same way essentially. Yeah. yeah the dream world was in color. I don't know. Yeah. It's huh, just a weird I thing they do. The um. He's kind of getting his mentality back that he's like, okay, I'm, I'm trapped in my brain. Yeah. I got to make it work. Uh, and he's like, well, I got to realize. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, yeah, he he realizes, he goes, you know, if I ever get out of here, like, they should put me in the yeah. in the carnival. Yeah. You know, like, that's something. Because he's, uh, I have a little clip. Here, kind of yeah, here. yeah, yeah. Remember that time in Los Angeles when we all went to the circus and took Green with us, too? And when we got home, the old man began imitating those sideshow barkers. And the rest of us joined in, too. He was a funny man. Just think what he could have done with me, the way I am now. I eat through a tube. He breathes through a tube. And whatever goes in a tube has to come out through a tube. He is the armless, legless, wonder of the 20th century and yet by god he's just as alive as you and he he was a good boy but he was always forgetting things and it's this fellow right here but he don't worry about no shoes because he don't need no shoes he'd forget his overshoes no shoes no shirt no socks no gloves no hat. He would forget his cap. No necktie, no collar buttons, no vest, no coat, no nut. And now he's forgotten. So yeah, it's kind of a that's a long is more to that clip than yeah. I played because I don't want to yeah. play the whole thing. But the voice of the barker that you hear that's actually his father. Yeah, it's Jason uh, Robards. Yeah, and then it, that's his mother. That's uh, the girl doing the thing. That's yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't see you don't see his mom that much. No. You see her like twice. Her name is Marsha Hunt. He also he also has some weird dreams where you know he's trying to 
find his girlfriend. Uh, that's kind of a weird existential type of dream. So uh, that woman that, uh, that, okay, that woman you just mentioned. Sorry, I didn't mean to stop you right there. Which one, the mom? Marsha Hunt played mm -hmm. the mom, yeah. She was also blacklisted uh, during the McCarthyism um, and Hollywood film studio executives in the 50s. She is still alive. Wow. She's 102. Yeah. Wow. Good for anyway, her. Carry on. Yeah. Uh, there's also some dream states where he's <laughs> trying to get Connie, right? That's her uh, name. Kareen. Kareen. Who is played by Kathy Fields. <laughs> yeah. And Kareen is the girlfriend. And there's some weird dreams of him trying to chase her down. She's like, you couldn't find me. And then there's a unicorn. It's... It's again. It's uh, usually when you have the weird dreams. It's yeah. when he's being sedated and his mind is just going haywire. Yeah, because you can see like these pieces of all these different things are being like thrown together, and he's just running through this dreamscape of of all these random random things. And then towards the towards not towards the end, I guess like two thirds of the movie. Um, yeah. it's Christmas time, and the nurse, the handy nurse, <laughs> <what I'm calling. laughs> just call her name's. Uh, What's the nurse? Actually, name? Uh, she Just doesn't nurse? have a name. It's nurse number four. Nurse number four. Holy shit! I thought she would have had a name. She had a pretty significant role. Yeah, give him a five finger. Give me the old. Give the old. Yeah, nurse Tuggeroo. Um, <laughs> nurse Tugger. She uh, she that. opens up his chest and starts writing letters on his chest and then wiping them away. And, right, and she spells "Merry Christmas," and he gets all excited. He's like, "Oh my God, it's Christmas! Now I can actually Wah. count. Now we can count the days." Yeah. Uh, so now he can actually figure out when it's been a year and stuff when like did, that. Uh, was it also like later after this point? Like, because pretty much from this point where the nurse comes in and takes pity on him, rubs one of out of him. Mm -hmm. uh, when does he discover? Or remember, like the Morse code thing. It's uh, this is after this. Yeah, right after this. Yeah. So he gets the the. He gets the <clears throat> Merry Christmas thing, and she, yeah. this is where she realizes that he understands. Like, yeah, he's not—he's yeah, yeah. not brain dead, right? And she keeps trying to tell the she keeps uh, trying to doctors and other generals. She, yeah, right? she walks out, tells like one of the generals, like, "Hey, doctor, or can you come here? Can you come here for is, a yeah. minute?" Um, right, and you know, oh wait, no, okay. So the Morse code thing is he has a he has a dream. Yeah. Um. And he realizes that he remembers more. He's talking to his dad in the yeah, woods. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. Yeah, he's talking to his dad in the woods. Because he used like, to do that thing where he'd string up a wire. Yeah, between his friend's house. Yeah. <laughs> and do Morse code. So about Morse code. He starts shaking his head, doing Morse code. SOS, help me. Yeah, he starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he does it. And he's been doing it for a while, like a uh -huh, week. And they're like, what's he doing? Yeah, and the doctor's like, oh, it's just a spasm. Give him another shot. And then the nurse is like, no, you're wrong. He's like, well, Check you wait, wait for the general to come back. Because yeah. the general's orders. When the general comes back. Everyone comes in. Right. And they're kind of like, look at this. And yeah. they're like, wait a minute. So they bring in a Morse code operator yeah. and they realize he's like, it's he's SOS. Not, he's not fucking brain dead. Yeah. And it's SOS and they kind of type back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He starts tapping on his forehead. On his forehead. Yeah. And I never, you know, that's, that's just something that I never got out of. Uh, again, the music video is like all I had to draw upon. And I, I would he be able to. Yeah. I think like, he'd be able to. I don't know. I don't know how uh, Morse code. Well, I, well, I know the, how it works. Yeah, short and long and breaks. And it's weird uh, that somebody is it's fluent in it. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird language. <clears throat> like that's would that's, that be a dying language? You Morse think? code. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, they still. I think it's still military taught. people. I think it's still taught. It can't be that hard. Remember, remember walkie talkies as a kid. It would have Morse code. Yeah, on to the front, so you could like. Yeah, just in case. Yeah, if you know to. 
you know, if you're playing with your friends. But we never fucking use it because we fucking we just talk into it. They, they realize he's awake. Uh, one of the generals yells at the doctor <clears throat> general. And he's yeah. like, really? He's like, you said he was decerebrated. Yeah. This young man is alive. Asshole. Yeah. And so when he he's like, you know, um, <clears throat> what do you want is what they're asking yeah. him. And he's like, uh, he's, he basically tries to tell him, put me. Put me on the. Put me in a carnival. Show me. Yeah. yeah. Show me to the world. But yeah. is that like his, his, like his own delirium or his drug induced? I think it's, he of? wanted to be out. And yeah, you know, he's like, tell them, you, you know, I want to be outside. I want to feel the air. I want to yeah. do this. I'm like, don't leave me in a hospital. I want to be free. And then, um, and then he ch- kind of changes his tune. He just says, kill me. Yeah. Because they say well, we can't do that. And he just goes, right. kill me. And he just and keeps, he keeps saying, saying, kill me, kill me, kill me, kill me, kill me, kill me. That scene got me. Yeah. Like, I, think, I was like, Pfft. yeah, this is the thing where you're like, oh shit. And then like, the, I'm looking over, looking out of the corner of my eye. I hope they don't see me getting all misty over here. And I was like trying to wipe them away. Like when every, yeah. <laughs> secretly when, when they're, they're, you know, <clears throat> even the nurse is like, we'll kill them. And the, the general's like, no, we're not yeah. going to do that. And so when they leave, the nurse kind of comes in, takes uh, some of those pinchy scissors and tries to cut off his like his, his air tube, his, yeah, air tube, his yeah. breathing tube. But and, she's thwarted. Yeah, she, you know, it's about to happen. And yeah. in his brain, he's like, thank you. Thank yeah, you, yeah, God. Yeah. Thank you, God. And then the general comes back in. Nurse, you need to leave. Unplugs yeah. it. Turns off all the lights. Shuts the one. Wind- shuts, the yeah, the, shuts the blinds. Yeah, the windows. These windows will stay Man. closed. So they just lock him away for the rest of his life. And I have the end clip of okay. him talking. And here it is. Well, now I know. They'll never let me out. They'll keep me a secret here until some day when I'm an old, old man. I'll sneak away from them and die. It isn't easy, though. Inside me, I'm screaming and yelling and howling like a trapped animal. Nobody pays any attention. If I had arms, I could kill myself. If I had legs, I could run away. If I had a voice, I could talk and be some kind of company for myself. I could yell for help. But nobody would help me. Not even God, because there isn't any God. Couldn't be in a place like this. And, uh, and yet, I've just got to do something, because I, I don't see how I can go on like this much longer. S-O-S. And that's the end of the movie. It's so fucking heavy. Yeah, it's a heavy film. I know that we didn't really go through because yeah. the, the plot is really all over the place with the dream sequences. Right. And and I, I think also we want you guys to see this because uh, yeah, I recommend everybody yeah, go see. This. I, I recommend it. Um, I I'm just real quick gonna say I gave it two ducks. Uh-huh. Um, I kind of go right in the middle on it because I think if I rewatch it, yeah, maybe I might give it a, a higher duck rating just so I can kind of nitpick it a little bit just to. Um, I mean, I uh, I gotta go. I gotta go five ducks on this. Five? Yeah, just because I think the legacy of it is so important. 
<clears throat> and my finally getting to see the whole story uh, had a, a, quite an impact on me. It may not have seemed like it in there. I'm just watching it, but uh, it's sort of like a, a long time coming for me. Like I, I've always loved the song and and the story specifically because I've always just been like, well, it's like that's a fate worse than death in some ways. You're fucking locked inside yourself. And uh, <clears throat> now that I've seen it, um, and knowing what I do know about Dalton Trumbo, too, is, is super cool. And it's also really wild to think that Metallica owns this movie. Yeah, that's... Like, it's their property It's their now. property. <laughs> uh, I, did, I did read up a little bit more on this. Also, there's a plenty, plenty one could find out there about Dalton Trumbo himself. There was even a uh, movie... With Brian Cranston, with he did, Brian he did a great job on yeah. that. There's did, a lot, did you watch it? I saw that. Uh, okay. There's a lot of documentaries I've seen on Trumbo. Yeah, um, I do want to read uh, Roger Ebert's review. Okay, um, so he gave the film a, f- a full four star grade and wrote that Trumbo has handled the material strange. Uh, how he handled the material, so it's strange to say in a way that is not so much anti war as pro life. Yeah, perhaps that's why I admire it. Instead of a Bella boring ironic points about the war to end war, right. Trumbo remains stubbornly on the human level. He lets his ideology grow in his characters instead of imposing it from above. Um, Gene Siskel gave it two and a half stars um, on the tribute. Um, he just said uh, it was it, as a savagely effective as any anti-war film. So mm. it's you can kind of go both ways. I see because yeah. you can see the pro-life thing where it's sure. like you know save the people, but right. But but I also think it's like you know if, you like if the someone, needless human cost of war. Yeah, the need, but it's also why didn't they kill him when he was like kill me like you know yeah. we're gonna keep him alive because we're gonna study well, you. This was yeah, it was uh, the nineteen thirties. It's no, no, this is World War One. World War One, so nineteen eleven. 1917 17 or 18 yeah, or 17 yeah. it's probably like in the 20s by this point by that point yeah but uh you know because they're still learning a lot this is before like isn't this this is not before antiseptics is it <laughs> uh but there's still a lot the medical community could have like gleaned from him so i think that's why they kept him alive essentially as a guinea pig i mean that's that's no way to live yeah, there's a lot of people. There was this guy, I'm, I'm reading about it up. as well, Tom Milne of the Monthly Film Bulletin thought the film might have worked, quote-unquote, if Trumbo had, quote, treated the film in the uh, black-and-white expressionist manner of the hospital scenes. Yeah. Uh, but the flashback and fantasy sequences, quote, not only reveal influences as varied and ill-advised as Fellini and M.A.S.H., <laughs> but provide Joe with a very mundane and rather lacrimose biography, which I... That's a flatulent opinion, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, the unknown soldier is no longer an awesome symbol when he is provided with a name, rank, and serial number. Well, I mean, I suppose. So well, I don't know. In 2008, there's a remake. Yeah, there uh, was. <clears throat> um, live with, on stage uh, on film. Homeboy from uh, Gotham. The guy who plays... Uh, uh, Benjamin McKenzie? Yeah, he plays uh, uh, Gordon. Jim Gordon oh, yeah, on yeah, Gotham. Yeah. There was a couple different... Uh, actually, James Cagney was in the radio The radio version. version. I read about that, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see here. The uh, uh, obviously the, the the connections that it has with uh, Metallica is is one of the biggest reasons why I chose this movie at all is because, um, you know, I just hadn't seen it my entire life, knowing full well that it that it was a movie, and I'd I'd always read about it, and so this was a good opportunity for me to both watch it and then come in here and talk about it since we do this this show. So that was that was kind of cool for me. There's also um, a TV film with the same name made in Czechoslovakia in 1984. Oh, wow. Yeah, there was. 
Uh, let's see. We can't play any Metallica no, on the show. We're not going to. So, uh, <laughs> if you want to listen to the song, go go do so. If you yeah, listen and to it. actually, I was talking to somebody last night explaining. They were like, "Well, what's your next you know uh, episode?" And we we're like, "Well, we're doing Johnny Got His Gun," and then I had to break down all of the stuff that's connected to it, including the trombo stuff. Uh, the the communism, the McCarthyism, the the Metallica, you know, the just the power of the story yeah. itself is 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 something. And uh, so I'm gonna have to go back and listen to the song. Yeah, because so. well, that's the thing is that's that's what my friend was saying. Like thinking about it, she uh, she goes, "Oh man, those lyrics like make so much much more yeah, sense." Yeah, because if you now. don't know it, you're just like, "Okay, what's he talking about?" Yeah. yeah, what is one? And one is just him. Joe Bonham is the one because he's locked in himself. That is. The meaning behind the title. Um, I had some other stuff here that was. Well, do you want to look that up and I'll play the critic? Yeah, go for it. All right, so here is our Voi Pronto critique. I'm the boss. This is Champagne. Merry Christmas. I'm the boss. This is Champagne. Merry Christmas. I'm the boss. This is Champagne. Merry Christmas. I assume we have to thank Metallica for watching this movie because of somebody's fixation with Metallica. Cheers. Jesus. Damn, what the hell is that? Christ as Donald Sutherland is probably easily the best part of this movie. Handjob, second best part. <laughs> the handjob being followed by his obsession with his father's fishing pole. I'll leave that up to you. A prostitute named Lucky. Okay, that was pretty yeah, great. I that part. Yeah, I did too. And another probable prostitute and carnival barker being referred to as Thunder Mug. <clears throat> yeah, that was great stuff. War is bad. We shouldn't be looking for war. And I wasn't looking for a lesson about that, but maybe that's my problem. I wasn't looking for a lesson. I hated the movie. But I learned something. This is Champagne. Yeah! Wow, <laughs> I don't know what wow. that ping was, but it was something. He did he legit open a bottle of champagne? He did. I heard it hit the ground. What a guy! Oh, yeah. Go, go, our critic. Uh, it up. <laughs> so he, way to go, Pimple. I, I fucking love you, dude. Uh, so the scenes with Jesus Christ actually were written by uh, Louis Bunuel or Bunuel, Bunuel, Bunuel. I don't even know how to pronounce it, but uh, I guess. Uh, oh, excuse me. Um, I had it. I had it pulled up. Here we go. Okay, so uh, Louis Luis, excuse me, Luis Bunuel, uh was from Spain. He was a um, uh, New York Times called him an iconoclast, moralist, and a revolutionary who was a leader of the avant-garde surrealism. And I think that's why they he let they let him write it. Nice. Uh, and clearly, he was him and Trumbo were good friends, colleagues. Yeah. Yeah, we forgot about the prostitute part. There's yeah. like there's like a flashback scene of it's, a yeah, it's one scene. of a topless prostitute knitting. 
Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. right she's talking to him about her life, and he just kind of falls asleep. Uh, this film was actually entered into the 71 Cannes Film, Cannes Film Festival, where it won the Grand Prix Special du Jury and the Fipresky Prize. Uh, and you've already talked about all your Ebert stuff and, and Mr. Tom Milne. Um, there were a couple other interesting things I was touching upon here. Oh, wait, there it is. I found it. Okay. So, we already, I mentioned that. Excellent. Uh, the film was actually a, a minor success when it originally was released, um, but it was because, again, of Metallica's use of it in their music video uh, that it gained a lot more uh, popularity. Eventually, the band even bought the rights to the film, which I think you also mentioned, mm -hmm. so they could keep showing their music video, uh, which is actually also their very first music video they, is ever, it? they ever released in 88 for the album and Justice for All. Uh, and there's a lot more songs on the on this album, that album, that I think could be, you know, viewed as heavily like anti-war, things like that. Some of them, at least. Uh, and they still use clips of this um, in their live performances to this day. <clears throat> in, uh, I guess, uh, Luis Bonuel was also originally going to direct this movie um, for the producer uh, Martin Ransohoff. And then uh, Jason Robards was paid forty thousand dollars for his role. So that's it. That's yeah. I mean, in seventy one, wouldn't adjust that for inflation. Is that still pretty good? I don't know. I mean, I don't. People barely make that in a year. In some cases, at least these days too. And also, uh, the uh, the thing at the end I really liked is uh, it says "Dulce et decorum es pro patria mori," which is Latin for. It is sweet and proper to die for one's country. It'd be about $284,000. That's okay. Uh, that isn't a lot. Um, and, and there was a, there's a poem by a guy named Wilfred Owen, if I'm not mistaken, that is one of my favorites. And it's, it, it's called Dulce et decorum est. And uh, I, I, it's an old Latin phrase, Dulce et decorum est proper tria mori. And I always liked, uh, this poem because I thought it fit the, the, um, the theme and it's, uh, I'm not going to read it cause it's kind of long. Um, but I, I always thought for, for some reason I used to think that that's what those men were chanting in bed knobs and broomsticks, but that's not, <laughs> what they, that's not what they're saying. Oh yeah. That came out in 71 too. Bed knobs and broomsticks. Oh, that, that was 71. Yeah. Uh, I do want to let you guys know that, uh, next week, do you have anything else to talk about? No, I think uh, this movie. I mean, it was pretty short little cast here. I, yeah, watch the movie. Right. Watch the movie. It, it's just it's heavy. I mean, I think if I watch this movie three times, I'd be able to really dive into it a little more. I want to see the the live or the the, the, the stage, stage adaptation. With, uh, I wonder McKenzie. if it's, it's gonna be something on there. I mean, I think there's a you can buy it like a DVD, or a DVD or something. Or watch it somewhere. Yeah. Um, our next film is going to be Little Giants. Yeah, just in time for Super Bowl number blah 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 blue. Because I, I, I don't, don't know really which one it is. <laughs> I do know it's what San Francisco versus. It's the 49ers and the Chiefs. Chiefs. Okay. Yeah. Um, I will be in Utah. I'm leaving in a couple of days for yeah. the vacation, but we're going to record. It'll be Little Giants will be released. Yeah, on Saturday. We're going to record it early. It'll be it'll be normal for everyone else. Yep. And I know this one's coming up kind of late on a Saturday, but I guarantee there's probably 
none of you out there, or at least I'd like to think maybe there are. They're yeah, like they're waiting, just watching, waiting yeah. for the midnight hour for our episode <laughs> to drop. So sorry if it's late. Uh, I hope it didn't ruin anything for. Yeah, everybody. we just we've had a busy schedule and yeah, uh, a busy drinking schedule. If you're part Fuck. of our Patreon, don't forget, guys. Patreon, um, you can for just a dollar a month, you can be yeah. uh, a part of our private Facebook group. We're actually going to be releasing a poll pretty soon. Okay, for another poll for another, another poll. Movie? Yeah, we got to do it once a month. Okay, um, for another uh, viewer's choice. Yeah, movie, for the month of February. Okay. Yep. Uh, February, we're actually going to have five movies in February. Oh, is this a leap year? It is leap year. Oh, snap. Uh, because Little Giants will be the first one in February. Okay. Oh, and then after Little Giants, Super Mario oh. Brothers. Oh, yeah, we're doing Super Mario. Yeah. Uh, because of the release of Sonic the Hedgehog, we figured we'd uh, attack. Uh, we uh, have to go see it. We would tackle. We are going to go see we, it. we got to go see yeah. it. I think it's going to be playing at the little tackle theater the, down the, the road. Tackle the OG video game movie. Yep. Or, or adapted adapted from a video game to oh, a movie. It's so bad. Yeah, I I, I don't personally know. Did like Tron kind of came out before that? It is a video game movie, but it wasn't based on an already existing video game. This is where they take like. I an, thought Tron was no a video game before the movie came out. Not to my knowledge. Are you sure? No. I don't know, but <laughs> but Pong the movie uh, something that takes like a like a game that has a narrative and then taking that narrative and then adapting it to a movie. This is it's an, uh -huh. like pretty much the first one of them. What was the? Oh, did you ever see Pixels? Yeah, eh, it was, was all right. right. I saw it on a plane. I thought Wreck It Ralph was cooler. I liked Wreck It Ralph a lot. Yeah. This, did you see the second one? Yeah, I liked it too. It was good. It was really good. Well, I'm Josh. Hey, I'm I've been fish. He's always fish. Just I'm, fish. I'm always fish. Yeah, so we, we hope you enjoyed our little cast here. Um, yeah. It's kind of a little bit of a thing. We're also, we've been chatting about having some bonus sodes coming up in a little bit. Um, we're going to be calling them uh, Quackology. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Where, because, uh, you know, fish. I forgot we talked about this. We did and talked about this. And uh, <laughs> so if, if there's a, a certain movie or a topic that either I and or fish uh, wants to kind of dive into a little deeper than what we do on our episodes. Yeah. Our bonus episodes would be Quackology with either Fish yeah. or Josh. And uh, you can listen to those because we'll be kind of giving you some yeah. of the information that we... Yeah, if, if there's here. too much for us to pack into one episode, I'll, it'll be just one little standalone little diddly-do where I, I or he will uh, go off at length about tangent. something yeah. that was uh, particular of particular importance, or at least to us, uh, if you give a fuck. <laughs> well, guys, enjoy your weekend, <clears throat> and uh, we will catch you next Saturday for Little Giants, yes, 1991. Indeed. Oh, no. It was 93? 93. I think. Was it 93? Oh, I got to double check. I, I, uh, 94. Ah! And I don't think you can watch this for free anymore. Um, it was on Vudu for free, and then they got rid of it. It was poopy. Yep. But you can rent it on Amazon Prime, YouTube, okay. Google, Vudu, I think uh, iTunes, stuff like that. <clears throat> we don't, just padding our runtime right now. Don't try, uh, <laughs> yeah, don't try to buy the DVD because I think they're selling it for like $45 or Good something Lord. ridiculous like that. Uh, all right, guys. All peace, right. love, rock, and roll. Catch you on the flip side. Bye. <laughs> Funny though.